welcome to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a Gainesville-based law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, also with offices statewide in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County area from Broward through Dade County all the way up to Palm Beach County, and of course where we have been for 43 years in Marion County. I am Chris Qualman, one of the hosts of the show, and I'm so happy to have this guy right here back as part of the show, <laughs> Jeffrey Meldon, after a three-week, much-deserved, well-needed vacation. Tell us about it. How do you feel? Well, we went out to Colorado uh, for uh, three weeks, and it was a blast. Uh, my brother Bob uh, and my sister-in-law Sue and the, their, their two girls live out there, so uh, we had a family vacation there. My daughter... And her family, my three grandchildren were out there. So it was a blast. And I'll tell you, uh, getting away from uh, the oppressive heat in Florida <laughs> for three weeks in the middle of uh, July was absolutely uh, wonderful. We enjoyed it. Uh, the mountain air, the cool temperatures. Uh, we didn't have air conditioning. Yeah, and you also missed our little early season hurricane. I while know. You, while you were gone, and I drove by the house. You guys were fine, yeah. but Chris, were... Chris was calling me, saying the house is still there. It's still you know, there. we called everybody, say, batten down the hatches. Yeah. You know, get take the umbrellas and put them out. Unfortunately, uh, you know. our street over in the duck pond didn't get a lot of flooding. Some people not so lucky. So. Uh, a lot a lot of people are still uh, reeling from the effects of that but i want to talk about our great show you know one of the things we have done with this podcast is we've made it community oriented we like to showcase the arts and today's episode is all about that so uh, kim tuttle welcome to the show so thank happy you. to have you here thank you chris thank you so much so these two obviously go back a long way. Well, I know that because they were talking about it before the show. So I'm going to toss to my good friend Jeffrey to uh, tell us all about Kim. Well, so um, I met Kim in 1974 because we were neighbors. and uh, Next and, door. Next yes. Door. The Poe Falls lived next door to the Meldons. And, uh, you know, uh, they were uh, great neighbors, very friendly. Uh, and your dad, um, who went by Kim as well, but you, you mm -hmm. told me earlier his full name was Kimball. Kimball German, 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 German. Uh -huh. Pofall. Pofall, German. But he, your dad was very important to Gainesville because he brought um, the Gainesville Gas Company That's right. to Gainesville. Tell yeah. us a little bit about well, that. Well, um, we came from Minnesota originally, and it was offered either Winnipeg, the gas company in Winnipeg, or the gas company in Gainesville. No, really no choice. You know, we yeah. wanted to be in Gainesville. Beautiful weather, and we're in America, too. And um, at the time, it was in receivership. And he was offered the presidency if he brought it out of receivership, which he did. And uh, at that time, also, GRU um, made, a, made a deal with the city of Gainesville, required deal, that at the end of a certain time, it would be available to sell. It was required. So he sold it to Santa Fe. That's when oh. that, that, the end of that, that period of time, I really don't recall how many years it was. He had retired and Russ Deegan had taken over, but he engineered the sale to, to uh, Santa Fe. And, and so we're talking about the location on University Avenue at mm -hmm. 6th yeah. Street, and it was on the um, northeast corner. And it was a yeah. pretty cool building. It was a pretty modern, was. modern building it for was. the time. Yeah, he was very forward thinking. 
uh, staggered work hours, one of the first people at staggered work wow. hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he sent people to, to school to be educated. There was a, a girl from Bell who had no education, but she tested very high on the mathematics scale, and he sent her to school, and she remained his treasurer for like decades. Decades, yeah. He was a good leader. Yeah, he did, he did a really uh, terrific job, and um, thank you. We, you know, we enjoyed your family as neighbors, yeah, and we so did we. It was fun. It was such a so. <laughs> for those of you that know, there uh, on Eighth Avenue, as you're heading towards Thirty Fourth Street from Twenty uh, Second Street, there's a big hill, and there's kind of a log cabin there. Um, and if you go one block to the north, that's where Kim and I um, were neighbors. Got to call a timeout. I'm yeah. being gestured to by our director, who is asking that we go to a break for a, for a technical adjustment. So you are watching Melvin Lawn Friends, and we will be right back after this. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to, and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. The Melden Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. I thought I was in a truck accident because of the accident. I was in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements. I'm trying to look at the monitor and trying to look at our director. I, I can't figure out what's going on. I just know we're live again. So thank you for your patience. We had some technical issues to work out. 
We are here with Kim Tuttle, who is the artistic director of Dance Alive, formerly known as the Gainesville Civic Ballet. Oh, yeah, that was decades ago. And I want to remind everybody that if you're watching us live on Facebook, you can type questions. You just go on the comments section if you're following it on the Meldon Law Facebook page. You can ask a question to our wonderful guest, Kim Tuttle, sure or to Jeffrey Mel Meldon, whatever it may be. We want to remind you also, please stay tuned for the second half of the show. We've got another guest well-known in the local artistic community in Gainesville and High Springs. Her name is Sana Sarah. I hope I pronounced that right. And uh, she's got a lot of things to talk about that she's doing as an artist and ambassador for the city of High Springs. But let's get right back to Kim. Thank you. And uh, again, thank you for rolling with the punches. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, no problem. So tell us uh, a bit about the history of the ballet, you know, how it started as the Civic Ballet and how it got to be mm -hmm. where it is now. Well, earlier I said we moved down to Gainesville from Minnesota. My mother started a school. Uh, she started a civic ballet company. She wanted to start paying dancers. We started paying them $10 to stay here, $10 a performance, then 100 and then more. And eventually, we ended up by paying dancers full time. Turned into a, a booking agent saw us perform, and she said, I want to book you. So we have acquired a booking agent, and that was about 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah, and then that's when we went professional. We've toured 17 states, Costa Rica, Brazil, Russia, Cuba. Um, yeah, a lot. What was your mom's background as far as dance? Well, she was a she was a dancer. She danced with RKO. She danced with Ruby Keeler and Donald O'Connor. If you call those oh, people, yeah. oh certainly, you know. dancing in the rain. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And um, but she was also very academic. And so when she and my father was a singer, sang with uh -huh. Gary Moore show with Paul really? Robeson. Yeah, was a singer. yeah, yeah. And they met, you know, doing musicals and. Um, got married. My dad decided it was just not a very good profession, you know, to bring up a family. So we went to the Marines, and he taught flying. And then he decided, I'm going to get a finish and get another career. So he started out as a meter reader in the gas company up in Gainesville, and then progressed to president. And my oh, mom taught English and debate at the University of Minnesota. Wait, wait. So when he he started <laughs> here in Gainesville or up in Minnesota? Minnesota. As from, a meter reader. From a golden oh. gopher to a gator. So, <laughs> so we have a question from the world of Facebook. The question is, when is the next Dance Alive event and where? Thank you so much for asking. Our major event at the Phillips Center, our first program, is called Phantom. And it's based on the, the Phantom of the Opera, the book by LaRue. And it's October 30th, Halloween. We have two shows, 2 and 7.30. Um, we're going to invite people to come in costume and have a little costume, you know, competition. And um, it's we love the Phillips Center. It's our home. When we first started, when the the, the great Southern yeah, music the great hall, Southern music hall. When, yeah, we danced there after Ken McGurn had renovated it, mm -hmm. and then the Phillips Center was built, and we moved in there. That was our permanent home. I mean, we de determined what the size of the stage was and and all those kinds of things. So we just love dancing there. All of our sets are built for that particular building. Yeah. We have another question, and it's funny. I was going to ask this myself. If someone has dancing skills and would like to join your audition team, how do you go about this? Well, it's a ballet company, just so that you're clear. And we have, uh, you can email me, kim at dancealive.org, and we can set up an audition. If you're out of the country, you can go ahead and email me and send me your CV and uh, photos and some, a video link. Love to see you. That's pretty exciting, Kim. Uh, so, is, are you? Is this a full-time job? For oh you? yeah. 
Oh, yeah. It's more yeah. than full-time. It's like <laughs> yeah. from early yeah. morning to late And the dancers, night. it's full-time. A lot of people think dancing is a hobby. I mean, these dancers have all been professionals in other countries and in America, and they have selected, through audition, um, Dance Alive to be here and live here and work and live in this country. Now, do you, do you train young people as well? Well, we have a, it's a kind of a two-pronged approach. We have a school, and then we have a professional company as well. The school, the resident school, is Pofall Studios, of which my sister and I are the owners. And um, soon, soon, we will be putting it all together, and uh, we're going to have a Dance Alive National Ballet School and Academy, and we'll have a new building, and my retirement is approaching. Mm-hmm. We'll have a new executive director, which we have Actually, she just started Friday, Jennifer Staples, and um, then we'll have a new artistic director. Wow, that's exciting. Do you Time know where the, where's the new building going to be? Well, we're looking at places right now. I can't really speak to that because we're in negotiations, but uh, we're looking at a five-and-a-half-acre lot that we would build on. Oh, that would be yep. really exciting. Yep. For, for those of you that don't know, the, the Pofall family... Um, has been uh, uh, very, very important as far as the arts in, uh, in Gainesville for 60 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, the uh, connection between Pope Fall Studios and then Dance Alive mm-hmm. and how that all progressed is yeah. really uh, a story that any anybody that has grown up in Gainesville knows about. Yeah, I mean, I think because we were all part of the the, the, we had a family. You can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You really can't. You have to have support team. And fortunately, our, our entire family was part of that. I mean, you don't expect both children in the family to have the same kind of talents as the parents, but we did. And so my sister and I were siblings, and we have worked together all this time. You tell me that's not a big accomplishment. I know. Huge. <laughs> you know, my father and my uncle were business partners for 50 mm-hmm. years. And um, they hardly talked with each other, and they were always complaining to each other. <laughs> but because they were brothers, they trusted each other, and totally. no matter what happened, totally. there was a trust going on. And I imagine you and your sister and a similar vision. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our, our we want to produce the most wonderful professional ballet we can, the most wonderful school that we can, the most wonderful outreach that we can, and that's what we've been focused on all of our lives. I was well, I was reading on the uh, internet. I was I was just fascinated mm-hmm. by your website. The accomplishments are so many, and I would urge viewers out there, whether you're watching us live on Facebook, we're also on audio platforms. We're on 39 different audio platforms. Thank so, you. however you are experiencing this podcast, I urge that you check out their website. What is that website address? www.dancealive.org dancealive.org. It's really amazing the accomplishments they've done. I saw that you've been annually doing the Nutcracker for 54 plus years. Yeah. 200 <laughs> touring performances. Yeah. And you also do a lot of collaborations with the University of Florida. University of Florida and others. I mean, Holy Trinity, uh, the University of Florida in particular, pieces like Carmina Burana, which is a very famous oh, ballet with full orchestra. That's the University of Symphony uh, Orchestra and the, the choir and the Gainesville Civic Choir as well. They're all combined in this. It's a fabulous, fabulous presentation. Okay. Uh, when yeah. is the next time that whole group is? That's March twenty fifth and twenty sixth. That's going to be my last show. Oh, okay. and where's it going to be at? Phillips Center. At the Phillips yeah. Center. Right. So you have the big stage and you have. It's really the only pit orchestra pit that's large enough for a seventy-five piece orchestra. I don't think you know how popular you are because we're getting <laughs> Facebook questions one after another. 
Question, you have many international dancers. How do you go about recruiting? Well, oddly enough, it's a small company. We have 15 to 18 dancers, generally speaking. And um, it's been word of mouth. It's been word of mouth. I have never, in all the years I've been artistic director, had to have an open audition. No kidding. People send their information to me. Uh, I usually get to know them via email if they're international and uh, get a feeling for them. They send videos, they send pictures. Uh, I call people that they've, they've worked with and um, you know, if I, if I get a feeling that they're right for the company, then I hire them. So how, how do you run the business as far as you know, raising funds and things, you know, the, the necessary items so that all the families that are involved in the company can serve. Right. So a segue <laughs> right into our champagne gala. It's great, Jeffrey. <laughs> we have a wonderful fundraiser that we do annually. It's called the Champagne Gala. And that Champagne Gala nets us a very large amount of money. Um, one of our, our wonderful friends, Freddie Weeby's wife, Doreen Weeby, was the winner of the Dancing with the Stars uh, People's Choice last year. One beautiful woman, wonderful dancer, and a great person. Um, and a lot of really important people in the community participate in that. They dance with our professional dancers, and uh, they promote the company. And Jeffrey Meldon, <laughs> Jeffrey Meldon, would you, would you, Jeffrey Meldon, participate? as a dancer Drum in our roll, Dancing please. with the Stars. Kim, <laughs> I had to think about it for about one second. And the answer is yes, I'm Whoa. in for next year. So right. uh, there you go. go. You, you, folks, you got and, a scoop uh, here. Yeah. Jeffrey Meldon is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Now, uh, now by way of background, OK, you know, when I grew up, when I was uh, young, OK, I was pigeon-toed, and the doctor said, take them to dance classes, yeah. it'll help. So I started out with uh, tap dancing when I was five or six or seven years old. Then I went into, um, I went to Latin dancing, mambo and cha-cha. Oh, good. Then, then I went into doing rock and roll dancing. Oh, what fun. And, and then I went to the um, Florence Shapiro School of the Social Graces where we learned <laughs> ballroom dancing, okay? So we learned, you know, the foxtrot and the waltz and all of those classical dances. So you're very comfortable with it. I'm not good at it, but I'm comfortable. Well, we, we will see. But this man's in amazing shape. He works out every week, several times a week. So uh, next spring, uh, we'll have to see how he does. Oh, I'll, I'll you know, you, you're going to provide a really good partner for me. Absolutely. That will teach me the routine. And, uh, and I'll we'll figure. rehearse you till your shoes are falling off. Okay. Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm more than I, that. No, so I was at the event last year. For those um, who are watching or listening, I want to tell you it was one of the best produced events that I have been to. Definitely. Thank you. And it was huge. I mean, there were tons of people there. It was fun. Uh, the dancing, okay, was great because there's a lot of brave souls that get up there. And, you know, they... They, I won't say they make fools of themselves, but you can see that it's not their primary profession. Yeah, but you know, I thought everybody really presented themselves beautifully. They were, they were comfortable with the pieces. They looked beautiful. They had great stage presence. Nobody forgot anything. Nothing. I, I thought it was, I was impressed. I very, really was. Very yeah. much. 
So what we want to do, though, is to get people out there. So if people want to get tickets for the event, I know we don't have the exact date and all mm -hmm. that yeah. set, right? But it's going to be sometime on our website. in the, yeah, probably it'll be on our website. The, yeah. So I want to um, encourage everybody to follow what Dance Alive is. Go to the Phantom Show for uh, Halloween. What a great time! Mm -hmm. And then um, in March. Uh, the big champagne gala really is that okay you've got there I don't know how many people were there last year it seemed like well a lot. it was a lot um, we were very careful to social distance mm -hmm. you know uh, we all during COVID we had a medical consultant Dr. Tony Mancuso who's the chair of radiology at UF Health okay. and uh, we consulted him I pretty much on a daily basis and our school was open. We had not one COVID case. Our company was running. We had not one COVID case until after the season was over. And she contracted it from her sister and just couldn't smell and taste. That's all that happened. So, I mean, we all quarantined like we should and had our tests and nobody had it. But um, we decided we would go to Legacy Park at Alachua because it, it takes a thousand people. I mean, you can go up to a thousand people there. And of course, we wouldn't have that many. And we spread out the tables, as you saw, and you had temperature tests, and um, no one contracted anything. I was very, very um, proud, you know, that we were so successful with that, because it was important to everyone, but it was also important that we not prevent ourselves from success during the year. If we had shut down, you know, ballet companies don't have a lot of excess money, and if we had shut down for a year, it's hard to tell whether the dancers uh, would have been able to come back, for, for instance, you know, um, take a year off. It's very, it was a di very difficult decision to make, um, and so we were as careful as we could be, and it was successful. What we're going to do here on Meldon Law and Friends is bring you up to date later in the year when we find right. the exact dates, and we're going to make sure that everybody um, knows about it. it. Number one, it's a great... Um, uh, cause to support it's it, you know it's a great company we're very blessed in Gainesville to have uh, dance alive here and a, and a national um, uh, nationally recognized program number two uh, you should go to the event because it's fun it, it is, is. <laughs> it's a blast. we know how to give a good party that's right I have a question for sure. you and it's something I like to ask a lot of our guests on the show uh -huh. but I think it's really appropriate here I'm sure there are parents watching or listening who might have a, a child, maybe a daughter or a son, who wants to get into ballet. What advice would you give young people and parents for developing a child into this type of uh, wonderful program? Well, there are reasons people go into dance, and it's because you want to dance. It's because you have to dance. and. Um, you have to, in my opinion, you have to uh, listen to the child. Listen maybe by watching or listen by hearing, but you have to listen to what their desires are. And understanding that it is a discipline that even when you're young takes time, takes commitment. Um, you know, if, if they just want to take a few lessons, and it's not going to go very far. It takes that kind of dedication, even as a child, you know, to accomplish anything with it. So I would encourage them when they do start to not quit for a year unless they can't stand it. You know, it's like music. You know, well, let's commit to it, let's do it. That's, that's for the older ones, the three and four and five year olds. You know, if they just cry, 
you know, it's time to go, wait, wait till they're a little older. But the seven or eight year olds, you know, ask them to go ahead, do you really want this? You know, if you really want this, let's commit to it for a year and see if that's something that you want to do longer. But anticipate that it is a, it, it gives you so much um, self-respect. You know, it's, it's like athletics or music, you, you have to do it yourself. No one else can do it for you. And uh, it builds this confidence, this um, poise. Um, I think it's just a great thing. I think, music, I think the arts in general are great for uh, building children's poise and confidence and belief in themselves, self-respect. So I've got two granddaughters. Mm -hmm. One's um, almost a year and the other just turned four. Mm -hmm. What would be a good time for us to uh, start looking at the alternatives for dance companies? Dance companies or, or dance no, schools? No, dance school. Dance. Um, well, there are different schools. Uh, for instance, our school is not a competition studio. We don't do competitions. We do performances, mm -hmm. but not competitions where you're graded. That's not what we do. We're, we're a training school and a performance school. And I think that what, that's one of the things you have to look at. Does a child want to be in competitions? Mm -hmm. Or does a child want to train more for uh, you know, purposes of a performance? not with uh, you know any competition so I think those things you have to look into and determine which way you want to go yeah, I know um, it's harder with three four five year olds to get their attention mm -hmm. and focus yeah. right and then when they get six seven eight then all of a sudden they have uh, the ability to focus they can learn more <laughs> yeah, I mean when you're three years old it's hard to skip you know they can just do one foot most of the time when did you start three <laughs> I mean, I sat, I probably did it before that. It was a family business. Yes. You know, you know I sat like, on the floor watching class all the time and just was, you know, I wanted to dance. I always wanted to dance. Always. Well, that's really um, exciting. And um, I know that the Gainesville community is very rich in, in the arts. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool the way, you know, you bring in the University of yeah. Florida because there's so much talent there and the mm -hmm. programs are very yeah. uh, you know, sophisticated there yeah. for, the, for the age of the uh, students. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. We've been really good friends with many of the faculty members. Uh, School of Music particularly has been wonderful for us. So uh, kudos to them for, for supporting us all along and, for, and many of the faculty at, in the dance department so, and the theater department. Do well. they, do, does the music school, do they have a full orchestra? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Raymond Shobaz, fantastic conductor. Mm -hmm. Fantastic mm -hmm. conductor. Yeah, we have done um, ballets with the symphony many, many years. His ex-wife used to dance, and his three sons all used to dance. And uh -huh. he loves dance. He feels it's very important for orchestra members to be able to, or students, who they, they're students, to learn how to do everything, play for the ballet, play for the opera, you know, play concerts, play chamber music, you know, every facet of symphonic. I'm a pianist. I was, a, I was the, the, the pianist, staff pianist for the university for many years. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw music. something else I wanted to ask you about. Sure, sure. I saw this as part of your statement on your website, oh my gosh. And, I, and I thought this was really cool. <laughs> it said the Dance Alive Ballet is committed and engaged in cultivating and sustaining an organization that embraces multicultural Right. diversity wholeheartedly right. so maybe talk about that we've only got a couple of minutes left but maybe about the multicultural aspect of, of your program um, we have every race every religion every gender in our ballet company we're we don't judge on anything except 
your ability to dance and your ability to get along with your peers. It's very important in a small company that people get along. And uh, I mean, we have you know, four Cubans and we have Brazilians and we have Europeans and Ukrainians and Japanese and Americans. And with our staff, uh, I mean, we have from St. Martin's, uh, we have a, a card-carrying Choctaw Indian. I mean, we have a, a very diverse group very diverse. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you could come on. We are going to have to invite you back on uh, when we get closer to March. To because if, I, oh, if I'm going to be, if I, if I'm gonna be uh, dancing <laughs> with the stars, you know, we're going to have to promote the event. And this year we can really blow it up because we're going to have, right. uh, you know, <laughs> we're more. We're going to blow it up on we're stage. We're going to blow it up and uh, have a good time. So, uh, you know, Kim Tuttle, thank you thank very you so much. much. You're you, absolutely it, terrific. Thanks. Please it, take uh, a look at their website, dancealive.org. And again, you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast from Meldon Law. We've got another great guest coming up to talk about the arts. Her name is Santa Sarah, and she is from High Springs, going to tell us all about her rock business and what she does in music and arts and all sorts of things. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. And I was in an accident. Someone ran red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. The Meldon Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoyed coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative. He shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. I was riding as a passenger in my friend's vehicle. You know, a fellow ran 
a stop sign and we T-boned him. Had neck and shoulder and knee injuries and didn't know what to do and I remember seeing one of Jeffrey's ads. So I gave him a call. He explained everything to me. I'd go see him and everything was done. Everything was taken care of. Don't waste your time with anybody else. Go see Jeffrey. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoyed coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? Oh, I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I've resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home, and we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I've resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home, and we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. Hello and welcome back to today's edition of Melden Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. My name is Chris Qualman and I'm very happy to be joined after a three-week hiatus with my mentor, my good friend, and my boss, of course, Jeffrey Melden, the president and CEO of Melden Law. We're going to get to our wonderful guest in just a second. Her name is Santa Sarah. Did I say that right or close? Sari rhymes with fairy. Santa Sari. 
who is going to tell us all about the wonderful things she does in High Springs. But first, toss back to Jeffrey. Yeah, well, I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to the uh, first part of our show with Kim Tuttle. We didn't get to uh, talk about everything, but I want to tell you that Kim and the Meldons live next door to each other, but what, what made us unique is we both had basements in our house because we were on the side of the hill where 8th Avenue goes down, and how many houses in Gainesville and Alaska County imagine. have basements, right? Yeah. But we were built into the, um, the side of the hill, and it was a wonderful neighborhood, and uh, it's so great to see people like um, Kim Tuttle who have perpetuated the, the arts uh, in Gainesville for decades, you know, almost 60 years. So I just want to uh, thank Kim, and we're going to keep our listeners up to date on sure. what's going on with plus, Dance Alive. Plus, we now have a, a participant in Dancing with the Stars. That's so. right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So uh, anyhow, we'll get into more of that. Uh, but today we have another uh, great art yes, uh, contributor to the community. extraordinarily well-known in the artistic community in uh, <laughs> North Central Florida, Santa Suri. Did I say that right that time? Close enough? Okay. Anyway, um, I met you recently. Uh, I've known you through Facebook, and uh, I saw you this past weekend at in High Springs. And uh, I understand you're known by some as the rock lady, and that's why you have these wonderful rocks and gemstones. So I'm just going to toss to you. Maybe explain what you brought with us today. So I brought some things that people generally are most interested in. One of the things is amethyst. Amethyst is purple quartz. A lot of people like to collect amethyst. And so the two specimens that I brought, first of all, this is a sphere, and this is a very collectible sphere because it weighs about five pounds. It's huge. It's a really large-sized sphere. Um, amethyst is it's very calming. People like to have it around. and, and you know, how, how, is, how is that uh, made into a circle? What's the process? So it starts with a cube. And so mass, so the way that the, the quartz forms is either in a crystalline form or it can form in what's called massive quantities. And so obviously this started out as, as a massive, it was probably a boulder. And so it was cut into a cube and then they cut the corners off the cube and then they cut the corners off the corners off the cube until they ended up with something called a multihedron and then it got put into something called a, a spear machine or a spear polisher. And you can watch YouTube videos. It's really interesting, but it takes about a month to make a sphere. And are there special powers that it creates when it becomes a, a sphere? I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people come to us, some like to collect the rocks, some, you know, like to think about the metaphysical aspects and so forth. I'm sure you get all kinds of buyers. I do. I get a lot of interesting questions. I just, I like spheres. I mean, it's just, it's a really nice you know, it's a nice form. I also like triangles. Um, like this is a white topaz in a, in a triangle form because it's representative of Trinity, which is... So, I didn't warn you about this, but now you're going to be warned. We do get live questions on the air because oh. people who are watching us on Facebook Live type in questions. Okay. So, we have a question. Does Santa have a rock store in High Springs? That is a great question. Thank you. Um, so what I do is I vend at the High Springs Farmer's Market every Friday. 
I'm there from three until seven, and but please don't arrive at five minutes till seven because this stuff takes a long time to pack up. Um, but but yeah, so I'm there every Friday, and we have a new pavilion. It was funded by a grant from the USDA, and we had a huge grand opening in October, and so it's really it's a nice sturdy structure. So rain or shine, the farmers market is there. So when did you move to the High Springs area? I've been there it'll, in August. It'll be 24 years. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement in High Springs, what you see as far as the community growth and what you've experienced there? So the High Springs, first of all, it's it's got some really great energy because of the springs. The springs are, I hate to use the word magical, but they are. They're just these incredibly <laughs> beautiful blue pools of water. And we've been discovered, the New York Times uh, travel section had had us on the cover, on the front page of the New York Times travel section in 2008. So the growth has really begun with that, and it's been exponential just with development. We, um, the Great Outdoors restaurant got completely stripped down to, to bare bricks and then rebuilt, and, and it's just beautiful. It's under new ownership recently, and, and it's just lovely. It's a destination. Um, people come from all over the world to dive the springs. It's in North Florida. We have the highest concentration of freshwater springs in the world. And tell us, what are some of the? I know there's Ginny Springs, right? That's sure. really very few. What are some of the other springs there? So Ginny is a private park. Um, Gilchrist Blue Springs also was a private park, but in 2017, the state of Florida acquired it, and it became a state park. And so they are working very much with restoration. Um, there's also Post Springs, which is lovely. It's a beautiful, it's a county park in Alachua County, but it's not a blue spring, it's, but it's a clear spring. Uh, Rum Island Park was recently refurbished with some springs restoration done, as well as uh, clean bathrooms were built uh, through the county, and that's a Columbia County Park. And, and uh, isn't the area near High Springs one of the best cave diving areas in the whole world? It is. It is a worldwide destination for cave divers. There are quite a few dive shops to help with your uh, with your diving needs. And and are those the springs that you just mentioned the ones that the cave divers go into? They are. Wow. They so are. for those maybe in South Florida or elsewhere who aren't familiar with High Springs, uh, we urge you to check it out. What, is there a website for the city? Um, that uh, talks about all of this? There, so highsprings.com is a website for the city. I don't know that it's necessarily tourism based, but you can Google search Gilchrist Blue Springs. Don't just Google Blue Springs because there are a lot of Blue Springs in Florida, mm -hmm. but Gilchrist is spelled G-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-T, Gilchrist Blue Springs. Um, Ginny Springs is spelled G-I-N-N-I-E, and that is a huge private park, but that's kind of been discovered. It's, it's a little bit of a party area now. Uh, <laughs> if you want to party, though, that's where that's, you should that's go. That's the right place. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to also flip back to some of the things you brought us. Um, now, this is interesting. That is very fragile. I will not drop it. <laughs> that's quite a fossil. I'll let you hold it. So this is a six-inch megalodon tooth. That's a giant shark tooth right there. It is, it is as big as my hand. And um, I acquired it actually recently and, and, and thrilled to have this in my collection. Is it, was it found locally? Well, I don't think so. I know that cave divers find them because sure. I, do, I have a cave diver who did recently gift me with some smaller ones about half the size of this. But I know people find them down there. This one I purchased from an acquaintance whose dad had a big um, 
Florida fossil collection. And so I don't think she knew where her dad acquired it. And how about this uh, giant that looks like crystal to me, but I'm sure it's much more than that. So this is really, um, this is a giant amethyst crystal. It weighs over seven pounds. And this is from a country called Bolivia. And so these actually come in, in giant crystal formations, and this has been chopped out. So there were a bunch of these. And, and I do actually, I do actually own several, but <laughs> this was the biggest one. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Now, are you planning on keeping it in that form or doing something other with it? I, I like the crystal formation, so I'm, I'm very protective of this form. You know, I appreciate people who can make spears, but if I saw the rough, I'd be like, that's my baby. We're not going to do anything with it. <laughs> so you, you've been in High Springs, and you've done a lot of things, including rocks, obviously. So um, a lot of our listeners and viewers don't know anything about High Springs, okay? Now, High Springs, I will tell you, is in the northern part of Alachua County, north-central Florida, uh, and it has developed over the years that I've been here as a very artistic uh, community and a beautiful community. Can you tell us some of the things that you know about High Springs and its history and how it was became uh, a town? So, all right, I know that it was founded in 1893 because the slogan is a great place to be since 1893, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I know that there, there are a lot of artists there. I actually am the gallery director and the general manager at Rum 138, and so we do have the Springs Gallery at Rum 138, which features art all about the Springs, and, and it is an exquisite place to find. If you like to include um, river and springs landscape art, in your home or in your river place. It's a great place to find local artists. We have a question. Okay. The question from Facebook world is, how did your guest get into rocks? <laughs> and what's her favorite rock? Oh goodness. Um, I started collecting when I was about seven. And uh, interestingly enough, my uncle um, is in music and entertainment management. And so he had a, a comedian that he managed who would visit Jacksonville and we would go to rock shops. So he started me collecting. And I just kind of want to, I kind of want to send him a picture of a lot of my collection and just say, see what you did. I mean, <laughs> we keep in touch, but still it's, it's kind of funny that he, he like led me to this. So when I visited you this past Friday, you mm -hmm. sold me a couple of rocks. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring them because I'm just so fascinated by the explanation. So one of these, um, is this which one is the citrine and which one this one? Can you talk a little bit about that? So cit this is a considered a smoky citrine. Citrine is essential yellow quartz. This is a really nice quartz point. It hasn't been polished in any way. I like the rough edges. They're mm -hmm. called wounded warriors when they when they've got some you know a little bit when they're a little rough looking. Um, and so citrine is generally used to uplift moods. If you are curious as to how it can affect you, there's there's a, a Hindu based system called chakras and so the yellow uh, minerals will go with your yellow chakra so they start at the root which is down around the hip area which is red and then the next one is orange and then the next one which is the seat of your will your solar plexus chakra is yellow and so this helps you will things into being it's also used for prosperity 
and so it's you know it's a, it's a happy, well i think that's perfectly soul. suited yes it is yes it is solar plexus and prosperity <laughs> two things i'm working on absolutely well, there you now, go. this one is smaller i don't know if you can see it but i love the blue i love the color in it and uh, this one came from afghanistan you were telling me it did the finest lapis lazuli in the world is from afghanistan in my opinion i mean it can you can find it in many places around the world but I like the um, the the intense blue in uh, in the Afghani um, lapis lazuli. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to flip back though to something you touched on just a moment ago. This uh, this venue, as I'll call it, Rum 138. It's mm -hmm. it's a well known. Uh, kayak canoe outpost. It's on the Santa Fe River, as I understand it, or is it not the Santa Fe? One of the well, others. So we do put people out on the Santa Fe. We're not actually on the water. We're okay. about a mile from Rome Island Park, which is one of our launch sites. Okay. All right. So talk a little bit about that, about the destination, what it has to offer, and about the music. So as far as kayak and canoe outfitting, um, you can go to rum138.com and see what the you see the schedule. And so what it is, it's an unguided tour where you go on the Santa Fe River, and depending on what part of the river you go on, you can go past the springs, you can paddle up and swim and, and enjoy the beautiful blue water that people love. Um, and with regard to a music venue, so there's a huge stage out there and it really came about because one of the owners at Rome, Mary Lee, realized that there were no songs about the Santa Fe River and <laughs> she wanted to um, to encourage that to happen when she was president of a nonprofit called Our Santa Fe River. And so she started the annual song contest and now we have over a catalog of over 50 songs about the Santa Fe River. And so a stage was built in 2017, and so we started, you know, it's on the property at Rome 138, and so we started having other music events there. It's an incredible stage. And so the, because of, it's an outdoor venue, it's uh, September, October, November, and then March, April, and May are when the live music um, events are planned. And we do have a, a beer and wine license and a kitchen, so we do serve food during the events. Now, um, at the moment, we are currently getting ready to, to begin booking our fall schedule. So if anyone is interested in that, you can definitely message me on Facebook. Well, that's really exciting. Uh, another, a new place for everybody to uh, go to this fall. And I know uh, the city of High Springs is pretty cool. The, uh, you know, you, you were talking about what, uh, you know, the great outdoors has done. And they have a great music venue there as well. They do, yeah. On Wednesday night is country music night, and then Friday and Saturday, and usually Sundays too. They have really good music. And my friend Joey plays there in one of the groups uh, on Friday and Saturday. He's got a rock group, so he's always, you know, telling me uh, about what's going on. And for those of you that haven't been to High Springs, it's an absolutely beautiful town in uh, north central Florida and when you uh, walk along the street there's all kinds of shops and galleries and it's a wonderful place to just go and visit and uh, buy great artwork or eat good food and have a really good time. You actually wrote an article, you sent a copy of it to me, I looked it up <laughs> myself, it was back in 2009, you were working at the Gainesville Sun, That's true. so uh, and you talked about the fact that it's just a 25 minute drive from Gainesville and it's a walking town you know and there's and it's still it's still that way 
Yeah, it's got a wonderful little downtown and cute little shops. And um, the Lanza Gallery, Tina uh, Corbett owns that, and and she um, she also has a lot of wonderful uh, landscapes of the springs and rivers. And she's an amazing artist herself. You no, know, I excuse me, Chris, but I was going to say that um, a good friend of mine had a great pottery gallery there, David Greenbaum. I don't know He's if you my were there too. Oh, you know David. I, we were in a movie so, together. Really? About yeah, about canoe polo. It was a mockumentary. Yep. Oh wow. Well, so you know about his big boy pots then. I do. They're amazing. We had one when I worked at Regeneration Technologies. I was there for four years, and we had one in the, in an atrium. So we collected his pottery, and oh. we we still in our family we still have uh, big boy pots, oh. and some of the uh, some of the the big boys were like this high, right? And to construct uh, a pot that heavy and that big, there were only a few people in the country that uh, could do that. Yeah, he's in the Guggenheim, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he's one of the only people in the world who can build a kiln and do that and fire a pot like that without cracking it. Yep. Wow. Well, it was amazing because he showed me the process. He did layer by layer by layer by layer until he got to the top. And then mm -hmm. so, um, and, you know, we were very fortunate because up here mm -hmm. in North Florida, uh, the price for artwork isn't the same as it is in South Florida. Right. But when people in South Florida saw his uh, work, he, you know, he told me that you know he had so many people that wanted to buy his pottery. It was amazing, and he had he had the studio right there on the main drag, and um, everybody could come visit, and David would, you know, hang out with him and tell oh, him what so was. Charming. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I think he's up in New Jersey now or somewhere. Uh, the last I heard it was Pennsylvania. I actually saw him at, at a reunion from the movie about uh, five years ago. So let's hear about this movie. Oh. It, can we find it on the internet or where is it? I don't, I have, I actually have a VHS copy of it and it was originally filmed as a semi-comedic um, mockumentary because these guys used to get together every Thursday and play canoe polo. Nobody kept score. Canoe polo. They would bring their canoes down to a waterway and they had a ball and they would use their paddles to get the ball in somebody else's boat. Okay. Nobody Sounds kept like score. Something we could try. <laughs> yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was just, it was a bunch of silly fun and then they decided to shoot a mockumentary and, and so I got involved as the referee and so, the guru. <laughs> do, do they have any fast moving water on the river um, up there? There are some rapids. I, we used to say we used to say our rapids have no class, but then somebody called in and corrected me and said, "No, no, no! You are listed as Class One rapids online, oh, so okay. it gets a little fast." I love it. So I, I went on my first rapid trip on the Arkansas River in Colorado oh, wow. um, about uh, two weeks ago. Nice. We saw pictures. And <laughs> and it, it was a level four or five. There's I think six levels. Oh my goodness. And I had never been on I'd been a, a I've been down the Ishnatuckney and all that kind of stuff, you know, but yeah. I had never been on a real, you know, aggressive uh, uh, trip like that and it was so cool. I, I mean bet. getting on the water. But I'm glad to hear that you actually have a rating. Yes. You have a class. You're a class one. You're not classless. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's wonderful. So this is probably the only place in Florida or close to it where one can experience some level of rapids. It's the only one I'm aware of. I'm 
not really an expert well, in anywhere. That's everybody not high watching, everybody listening, <laughs> we're all going to High Springs now to party this, yeah, this fall. Yeah. So, what's the best time of the year to come visit? Well, definitely not the summer because there are a lot of people that come in the summer because school's out. But it's like there's a real drop in attendance in September. And also, if you can get away during the week, you're going to have the river to yourself. Oh. And also good. in the fall, we do full moon trips. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Tell us. Oh, let's go back to the farmers market because okay. I think that's that's an event that we need to shine a little spotlight on. You're there. There were several other outstanding artists there, Kimberly Bossoms, who I've bought some paintings from. Nice. Others. So tell us a little bit about the farmers market. So the High Springs Farmers Market, um, it's every Friday, and the manager is Carol Rowan. If you're interested in, um, in vending there, you can contact her through uh, the High Springs Farmers Market Facebook page. Uh, the vendors are very, they're very varied. Uh, <laughs> they, there are artists, there's honey, local honey. Um, sometimes people do smoked meats. Um, homemade cheese you just never know what you're gonna get there is a base a solid loyal base that's there but right now it's because of the heat a lot of people aren't coming out but um, there I think that it's going to be be more robust with regard to vendors starting you know just as soon as the temps drop just a little bit and you have an addition you know to these geologic pieces and fossils and stones from all over the world you also sell sterling silver jewelry I do. So talk about that. Oh, <laughs> so the jewelry that I that I acquire, I purchase it through a vendor in California. It's handmade, mostly in India. So I'm not a jeweler, but I do I do love having the jewelry. It, to me, it's like just being able to wear your specimens. And um, one of the most popular things right now is moldavite jewelry, which is a mineral. It's a green tektite. I don't know if you're familiar with what a tektite is. No. So when Tell a, us, what's a tektite? <laughs> what's a tektite? So when a meteor slams into the planet, right, there's a lot of speed and heat and fusion and usually a crater ensues, right? And so you've got this, this meteor impact. But sometimes a new mineral is created and that new mineral, uh, it, it includes some of the, the space material and then also some earth material and so it's called a tektite. And the most famous tektite right now is called moldavite and it's from the Czech Republic. And so I do have a lot of sterling silver jewelry with Moldavite in it. It's very cool. Oh. I think a certain Mrs. Meldon is going to check this out pretty <laughs> well, soon. Well, well, yeah, so that's really cool. But so these are like when meteors came to the earth and it, it, it went into Czechoslovakia? So the yeah. actual meteor crater is in Germany. And it is, I'm sorry, these are my, <laughs> these are my notes. It's okay. So Rewind. it is uh, the Northinga Gries uh, crater in Germany. But the Moldavite is named after the Moldava River in the Czech Republic. Oh, so they, so there are unique specimens in that crater right there. Well, it is a huge region. I mean, it's found for miles around. But yeah, it was caused by that meteor impact and the, the resulting crater is from the meteor impact, yeah. So we, we've only got about a minute and a half left. Okay. So, but you have been absolutely fascinating. Okay, and tell our viewers and listeners from our 39 audio platforms, uh, you use your Facebook platform. I do. Mostly to promote what you do. So your Facebook page is? 
So the the one for it's at Santa Rocks S A N N A R O C K S. Santa Rocks. Well, I think that's an accurate description. <laughs> she books rock bands. She sells rocks. I mean, you know, she's definitely a rocker. So Santa Rocks, and that's on Facebook. And you're out there every Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. in downtown High Springs at the Farmer's Market. You'll mm -hmm. see these and many, many other wonderful uh, pieces and gemstones. And we're going to have to have you back soon, you Thank know, maybe you. after the fall. And I know he and I are probably going to check out Rum 138 oh, yeah. very soon. Uh, this guy loves music and so do I. So awesome. I'm sure I'm sure we'll be there. Yeah, Santa, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And I think you've excited uh, myself, Chris, and everybody else about all the wonderful things that High Springs has to offer. And uh, I would encourage our listeners and viewers to do it. Go out to High Springs anytime. It's a very, very cool uh, historic community, and uh, cool you, you'll like really, this. yeah, and right. you, you'll enjoy it. Well, thanks all for right. having me. Thank you. That's pretty much all the time we have for today's edition of Meldon Law and Friends. Please share this on your own social media. We keep all our episodes archived on our YouTube page, on the Meldon Law Facebook page. This was episode 39, so we got the big 4-0 next week. We're also <laughs> going to be podcasting soon from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill which opens officially on August 11th. I know you're excited about that, Jeffrey. I know Freddie Weeby is very excited about that, and uh, that'll be quite an event. Yeah, we're, we're uh, big uh, fans of what uh, Spurs Gridiron Grill is going to do for our community, and we're going to be doing our podcasts out there, so it's going to be fun. And mark down August 11th on your calendars because uh, – that's going to be the uh, grand opening for the uh, restaurant, and we want to encourage everybody to check it out. It's, an, it's a one-of-a-kind, a museum, a restaurant, great food, great drinks, and uh, a lot of fun. It, it looks wonderful. Thank you again for watching, and uh, we'll be back next week with Episode 40 of Melden Lawn Friends.